Hello. Welcome to the Fun and Sobriety Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan. I am an alcoholic. Before uh, we move forward with today's podcast, I want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash eavesdrop. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. So please use the slash eavesdrop at Audible, and we'll get a little bit on the back end. Um, and now that that's out of the way, uh, today's podcast is a sit-down conversation with a woman that I've known for my entire time in sobriety, or at least been aware of, I suppose, uh, Angela. Uh, and she represents, well, no, she doesn't represent, but she is someone who uh, has embraced um, atheism and uses a secular approach to the 12-step recovery program in a way that I find very, very uh, inspiring and um, uh, I, I, I look up to her for this and it was the main reason I wanted to bring her in I, I, I felt like kicking myself when someone suggested that I, I sit down with her because I, I as soon as they said hey why don't you talk to Angela I realized yeah dummy why haven't you called Angela she would be really fascinating to talk to and and I feel like this conversation uh, did not disappoint um, this is uh, one of uh, honestly, one of my favorite conversations I've had so far. So I, I, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Angela B. other one that I do I just uh, we do it through Zencaster and so yeah so he's in Kansas City and I'm in Boise what? and yeah it's pretty cool oh it your partner's great. not even in town yeah oh I guess I just assumed it was somebody of yours no interesting I guess I just revealed that I haven't spent a lot of time <laughs> listening to your podcast I apologize for that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay uh let's just go Great. I'm. 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 Welcome back to the Fun and Sobriety podcast. I'm still, you know, not. I don't have a, a set intro, so I forget exactly what I'm going to do every time. So it's it's a fresh. It's fresh for you. It's fresh for me. I'm sitting down with uh, Angela, mm-hmm. my friend Angela, who just yesterday celebrated thirteen years. Thirteen years of sobriety. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I wanted to bring you in. I wasn't aware that that was so close to your birthday, but when I did hit you up, it turned out that this worked out to be right at on near your birthday. Exactly. So that's cool. Yeah. I'm always trying to do that because for whatever arbitrary reason, that seems significant. But the main reason I wanted to bring you in was because of you're a very active, I don't know how to say that right, a very active atheist. That doesn't make a whole <laughs> lot of sense, but your atheism... You wear it on your sleeve more than a lot of people, more than I do. I'll, 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 I'll admit freely of that. But, um, and a lot of the stuff I like to talk about with people that I bring in to, to chat with on this podcast is about our spirituality. And mm-hmm. one of the things I like to touch on is, you know, how, how does your current spirituality today at X number of years or however many days you've got sober compared to what it was like back, back in the day, um, and I feel like that's going to be an interesting topic of conversation for today. So, Angela, um, 
Um, let's just start in. Tell us a little bit about, tell us, I'm, I'm, <laughs> tell me and the 11 other people listening right now <laughs> more about yourself, okay? I mean, we were just chatting. You have your own podcast. So, so tell me about this to start with. What, what do you talk about? What is your podcast focused on? Okay. Um, well, it's not my podcast. It's um, AA Beyond Belief. It's a website that has a podcast oh. and it has a whole lot of other things. Okay. And so um, the person who runs it is named John S. He's been sober for, I don't know, decades and stuff. Okay. Um, but uh, he's working with me and, uh, and asked me to do a series with him on oh, working okay. the 12 steps and how to work those in a secular way. Because when he got sober back in the day, he, you know, bought into everything and did the steps, you know, the way that, sure. that, you know, they were taught in the book and blah, blah, blah. And, um, and he felt that, you know, from the beginning he was atheist, but felt like he had to do that to get sober. And so, you know, he could quote it, he could underline, he can do all the stuff, but he, you know, he, he, yeah, thought that he had to do that. And, um, and then over the years, you know, he slowly was feeling more and more, you know, like a fraud and like, it wasn't like fraud. Yeah, okay. it wasn't quite right, and um, and yeah, started moving away so a little bit. Why? How does he? How does he get connected with you? Like, why does he know mm-hmm. that you're a, a, a very good person to to hit up for? A um, through secular AA. So. Is this a about, group? I don't know about yeah. this. How do I not know about this? I've been coming around for 10 years. <laughs> this is literally the first time I've heard of this. Keep going, right. please. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> I guess I'll, I, we can start with my story. So yes, I, um, I, you know, got sober um, nine sixteen oh six um, was my my first day, and my first meeting was the the glass house, and For um, real? yeah, okay, my, the glass house, and they gave me you know my first twenty four hour coin, um, the whole thing, and uh, and I, you know came out as being atheist and that I didn't know if this thing was going to work for me because I knew all about it in that first meeting in that first meeting yeah I'm just like you know what I don't know if this is going to work for me you know there's all this god stuff I had tried to check it out um about nine months earlier, I, I knew, you know, what AA was because I was in Alateen as a kid. You know, I come from a long line of alcoholics. Let's start there. You, <laughs> you started in Alateen. Yes. So, okay, so let's let's go do a quick overview of your of the home life of Angela's upbringing. Okay. I was born a poor white child. Oh, geez, Louise. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Um Basically, my, my dad was a return Vietnam vet, um, and uh, he met my mom in a park. They were drinking beer, and okay. that's, you know, how they got together. Um, and they decided to get married, so I was born in wedlock. Thank you very <laughs> much. very important um, to everyone. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, and, uh, and so they got married. They moved into a trailer in Garden City that had, like, the wood paneling on the wall, the oh, shag green carpet. They didn't have any furniture, so they brought a log in, and they'd just get high on the floor with their friends, you know, pretending now, they were I'm in the gonna, forest. Now, I'm going to – the log is an exaggeration. They no, did I'm not, serious. <laughs> their <laughs> only piece of furniture was not a fucking log. Okay, that's what that, later, that's but, family lore. Later, but no, seriously. You, I mean, I feel you'd you. have I feel to know you. my parents. Okay, I mean, okay. come on. <laughs> okay. So you're saying that it was you were you were primed for a rough upbringing. Yeah, you know? pretty yeah. much, pretty much. So you grew up in Garden City, kind of in the crummy area of Garden City, which is saying pretty crummy around mm-hmm. for for Boise area. Yeah. That's 
That's yeah. as crummy as we get. I, I'm not. I'm, not, yeah. I'm well, only some, saying that because I know you already know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Sheesh. you know, yeah, for a lot of it, but um, but no, it, it gets better. So um, okay. But yeah, that's uh, that's kind of who they were. Um, sure. And uh, there was a lot of a lot of stress. Um, my mom had a rough time growing up. So did my dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom's father killed himself when she was a, a child. He was alcoholic mm-hmm. and. Um, and so, yeah, so they, they, you know, met each other and it, it didn't go well. So they were divorced before I was even two years old. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. And, um, and so, um, so yeah, so my mom was raising me as a single kid and a single parent and she would, you know, was trying to go to school and would go out partying a lot. And I got left at a lot of different places. And, um, she ended up uh, meeting up with a, a guy who became my stepfather and, and, uh, my sister's father. So I have two younger sisters that are eight and 11 years younger like, than me. Oh, eight and 11. Okay. And they're, they're yeah. your half sisters. Yeah. Okay. And, so uh, when did, when did things start going sideways for you personally? Personally, well, I, you know, that kind of depends on, sure. on what your theory is. Well, I, I just <laughs> but, mean specifically with like yes. ingesting chemicals to escape, yes. let's say. Well, you know, again, that that's kind of complicated in that um, my stepfather molested me and um, he, he left evidence of that. And so when I was able to give that over to the police and the, they come in, and my mom believed me because, you know, there was evidence, mm-hmm. um, but she kicked him out. And so that was a, a major point in my addiction process because I started eating compulsively oh, um, okay. as a, you know, and I don't think yeah, I, it was a subconscious thing, but, you know, I think sure. it was my brain was saying, hey, you know, if you're overweight, people won't be attracted to you and men won't hurt you anymore. You won't get attacked, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I, I became a compulsive overeater. So I was overweight through high school in my early 20s. And then um, in my late 20s, I got gastric bypass surgery. And within a couple of months, as my weight started to go down and people started to pay attention sure. to me, I, w- I started drinking. And it wasn't just like, oh, I'll have a little wine cooler, or, you know, spritzer or something. Okay. I was drinking tequila. And I was. And that know, was in your late teens? My late 20s. Your, la- yeah. your late 20s. Yeah. And oh. so the, the part with my, my stepdad and, and all of that coming together is that my mom realized that you know, our family was dysfunctional. And so she got into Al-Anon and then that led her to AA for herself because um, okay. she didn't think she was an alcoholic because she didn't drink the way my dad did or the way right. her parents did. You know, she was much more polite about it mostly. I mean, we, I did get, uh, she got us kicked out of Chuck E. Cheese um, <laughs> for fighting with another parent. But, you know, otherwise, you know, she's polite. Um, Are you, do you guys still get along, you and your mom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Yep, so we're close. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's, that's kind of the direction that led me into Alateen. And so we were part of that for a little while and then, you know, drifted away from that and, and went along, you know, my college years. And Cause it was just you and your mom and your two, and my two younger sisters. Younger sisters. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to dwell too much on that. Cause that, that sounds very heavy. Um, and, uh, I appreciate yeah. that you're just throwing it out there <laughs> as though it's nothing. I, and I do, I get what you're saying. Right. Um, but right. Yeah, um, but it, it's part of my story. So sure. I mean, I, I can you know go into it you know heavily, but I, it's also you know the truth. It's I don't I don't hide from the truth, and I'll, I'll. So you started. You didn't really even start drinking then until your 
yeah, mid twenties, late twenties. Yeah, yeah. Like, literally, I, never like you. Yeah, you didn't, no. You didn't I mean, escape. I came from a long line of alcoholics, so I escaped with food. You know, okay. because it's it, so for it was me, a conscious thing. You were yeah. You were, it was the it was the same thing. I mean, I I don't know that it was a conscious thing. It it was just that. Um, that oftentimes I was in emotional pain. I mean, it, it was sure. difficult. Um, my mom often worked at night. We, you know, we never had enough money. And, yeah. uh, you know, um, so, so yeah, so it was more of a, it was a, you know, feeling full, you know, things like potatoes and French fries and all of those things uh, do have a chemical reaction in your well, brain, you know? And so people don't always think about that, but I, I was doing, doing, similar stuff to try to calm myself down that's I just didn't know that that's what I was doing at the time and so when I had the opportunity to have gastric bypass surgery you know I thought that was going to fix everything because the reason I didn't have a boyfriend the reason oh, I didn't have a good okay. job you know the reason all of this stuff was because I was fat and if I wasn't fat then you know all of these other things would fall into line and so it was very similar for when you know my drinking got out of control which was pretty quickly <laughs> that uh, I I thought, you know, once my, you know, my drinking is, is, you know, good, then everything will fall into line again. And yeah, no, that's, um, I, as you're saying that I, I am, I was a chubby kid mm-hmm. and, uh, I had the same exact thought of like, when I lose the weight, everything is going to get better. Yeah. And, and I, I just went crash, crash and crashed like 60 pounds in a year and immediately got all the stuff started to turn around for me, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like you were saying, like you, you're, you're, yeah. girls started noticing me. I was getting the positive attention that I thought handsome people would get. Um, I got cheekbones, right? <laughs> so, you know, that, that started to work out for me super. And, uh, yeah. And I did start drinking heavily at that point too, as a teenager, right? That was, yeah. that was when it was clear, you know, in hindsight, I guess, more than in the moment that, I wasn't drinking like a normal kid, like a <laughs> <laughs> like a normal kid. <laughs> well, I guess yeah, yeah, I don't know. Okay. But I feel like everybody drinks when they're teenagers, but I still felt like I was drinking different than everyone else. Yeah, and I did what and that saying. just carried through into my 20s. And you're describing basically the same mental condition in your later 20s of like yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I hate it being fat, and I hate it when I feel fat. Mm-hmm. Still to this day, I can't, I can't see myself in the mirror and not be uh, critical, if not disgusted by what I see. Right? Like mm-hmm. being critical is enough to make me feel like I'm having an okay day. <laughs> right? And I, I don't know if you can relate to that, but that just, and that's part of why I'm surprised. Not surprised. I just when you said you didn't really lean into any alcohol or drugs younger, I'm just. Mm-hmm. It just seems like because, yeah, in hindsight, you're like, yeah, I was feeding that same right. uh, emptiness or whatever. I, I, it just seems like it would have been real quick to just take half a bottle of wine once and just realize, oh, shit, this is even better. Like, because I'm immediately right. salvaged. But but yeah. that, that never. No, no. Um, and I think part of it is that. You know, I had a very strong awareness of my family's okay. history. Yeah, I'm you not, know, I'm and, not, I'm and not if that, that was, yeah, if that was the only thing, then a lot of people wouldn't become alcoholics. But it's not, you know. <laughs> so, um, but I did have that that strong awareness of it, um, and um, and also I, I think I had a sense of purpose a lot of the time. So, like, what do you mean? a sense of purpose, like. Well, kind of like why you're doing this podcast. Okay, but, you but, have a but sense what of do you purpose, mean back then? Back then, for me, my sense of purpose um, was I was much, I was 
well, I guess I, I should say I was spiritual. So, um, okay, so, that's yeah. a good way to walk right into that. Then, yeah. what do you mean by that? What, what, um, what was your sense of spirituality throughout that young period then? Well, or early period, let's yeah. Call it. So, um, when I was young, my family wa- didn't go to church or anything like that. But when my wait, mom wait. living in, uh, uh, on a log in Garden City, you guys right. weren't going to church I all the know, time. Oh, you would think, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We were building an ark, and so we didn't need to. Church came to us. God. Um, yeah, um, but uh, we moved around a lot when my my mom met my stepdad. He was um, undiagnosed bipolar, and oh, sure. so yeah, so um, so we were kicked out of housing a lot, and mm. and moved all over the the Treasure Valley, and. Um, and I don't know where I learned it, but I figured out fairly quickly that the easiest way to make friends was to go to whatever closest church there was because oh. the adults there would make their kids play with you uh, to right. save your soul. You know, because obviously, <laughs> you know, you, your parents are kind of shitty because they're not going to church. So let's try to save this one. <laughs> Interesting. It, yeah. And so, um, so you know, I went to a lot of a lot of different churches. And then after all of the, the stuff went down with my, my stepdad yeah. um, and my mom was getting help, um, there was a, a United Methodist Church that had a, a program kind of like an adopt-a-family where they would adopt a, a low-income family and they would just, you know, provide extra, you know, food, money, if sure. they needed things painted in their house, you know, a, sure. a nicer couch, you know, just, I mean, not huge things, mm-hmm. but little things. And um, and so they do that. They come and help us with the yard, um, all these different things. And they never once talked about the Bible. They never once, you know, said we had to go to church. There was no proselytizing at all. And so that, you know, attracted us because it was, you know, um, yeah, their works that, that made us be like, oh, these are really good people. Maybe so there's started, something to this. So, you started, so we started going there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. What, what, I'm sorry. What was the, the... United Methodist. United Methodist. Yeah. The, like down on Hayes right there? Um, actually, this was Hillview. So right off Eustick. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Hillview oh, okay. United yeah, Methodist. Yeah. yeah. And um, and so we became a part of, of that um, congregation. And... Uh, and then when I um, went to college, I went to Idaho State University for my first year, um, and uh, and I didn't realize that there is a, a, um, a very large LDS population there. Uh. And because uh, I went to Boise High, and everybody kind of you know got <laughs> sure. along, you know, yeah. most of my friends got stoned with each other regardless of their sure. religion, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and uh, but it, it's really strong there. So I had people telling me that what I believed, you know, wasn't true. So then I had to study what <laughs> do I believe, you know, and, and and to prove them wrong. And so and so this um, was how you had your sense of purpose. Was yeah, was that um, that I was I decided I was going to become a United Methodist minister. And so, but you know, because I was liberal out. and um, and you know was more of a Jesus as a, a hippie social movement dude. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I needed to reform the United United Methodist Church. And uh, and so, yeah, so that was my sense of purpose. So it wasn't that, you know, I never drank, you know, occasionally I'd have one, but I was generally the designated driver, you know, if I saw my friends go for their third, I'd I'd suggest, you know, there was a place they could get some help if they needed to, (laughs) you know, shit like that. Since you were annoying. Uh, Yes, extremely. (laughs) So, yeah. But then then all, okay, so then you have gastric, okay, so like fast forward a bit, you have gastric bypass surgery, you're looking to get laid and to ease the, I'm 
I'm putting this on you because you didn't say this, but this is what I did. And yeah. I would drink and mm-hmm. then I made it easier to talk to people and yep. then I could have sex exactly. with them. So I'm guessing that was part of your motivation despite yeah. not having said it outright. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so when I got sober, it, it's so funny because I, I decided it was going to be probably like the first sentence of, of my book. Um, one time my mom called and said, Ange, you need to turn on Oprah. She's doing a show on alcoholic sluts who had gastric bypass surgery wow sweet yeah thanks mom (laughs) was she saying that to you before you were in recovery no it was after okay because that's real fucking awesome (laughs) (laughs) alcoholic sluts yep yep women who have gastric bypass surgery and become alcoholic sluts on the next oprah yeah (laughs) <laughs> this felt like a very specific niche but um so how okay so how long so how long were you super drunk angela before you before i got sober yeah before you hit the ground um, yeah uh, several years multiple years but i was blacking out fairly quickly mm-hmm. um because you weren't eating because <laughs> no, i was no eating nothing was going stomach. through yeah i could i could you know i could drink a lot and then it went straight through and then i could drink a lot more Ugh. and you know and if i decided to make myself puke to you know save time because you know right yeah an hour and a half was a lot um yeah it, it was just it was bad um i you know once i did get into recovery i actually had to have a couple of surgeries because i did so much damage to my body so quickly from the drinking i, I was gonna you know? ask is there i would assume that yeah, there's a, a bypass of yeah. that of that or a byproduct of that bypass surgery would be you're probably not supposed to be drinking no, a lot of you're alcohol. not even supposed to have you know a lot of ibuprofen yeah i thought, I thought, <laughs> I thought it really restricted so, basically everything you can everything. do yeah yeah huh. but this is a, a serious problem a, a friend of mine who who works in in recovery um when right about the time that I was uh, getting sober, he's like, you know, I really hate that all of these, all of these gastric bypass patients because they come in and they're pill poppers and alcoholics. So I really wish that they'd do something about that. Because at the time that I had it, there wasn't a lot of um, health insurance um, uh, pre-surgery protocol. Nowadays, they, they most of them do have programs that you have to like well, go through a six months kind of uh, with a like dietitian it, and a therapist and all of that yeah, kind it, of stuff. I was going to say, but it sounds time, like, no. especially with Oprah leading into that, that maybe there was some psychological things that need to be addressed yeah, before you go get yeah. that surgery, just in general. Not addressed, right. but like like you said, like yeah. we're going to talk about this because this is going to change your life in a way that you have no idea. Right. Of. Yeah. The majority of people who have gastric <laughs> bypass surgery, if they're married before they get divorced. divorced. Well, yeah, because part yeah. of it is because they, they no longer feel insecure and they're right. going to have sex yeah. with a lot of people because exactly. they're handsome yeah. now. Right. <laughs> or they think it. they are. Um. I, no, I, I, obviously <laughs> I'm being facetious, but let's talk about the spiritual Angela in those moments then, right? Because okay. then you had gone from someone who was wanting to be a, a, a preacher basically, mm-hmm. right? And then yeah. what shifted there? What, where did um, you... That was, that was, you know, education. Um, <laughs> so what do you mean? Like, because college. it was also, you went to college and then you're like, wait, all of this is fucking bullshit. Never mind. Is that, is that yeah, what you're saying? Yeah, okay. in college. Um, so part of, you know, the, the journey to become United Methodist minister is, is you have to take history classes. Mm-hmm. You have to understand other religions mm-hmm. and, you know, you have to have a bachelor's degree and then you go to get a three year, you know, seminary degree. Okay. And so in the, the studying of, uh, religious history, um, in Western civilization and all of that. Um, it became harder and harder for me to reconcile, you know, Christian beliefs um, with 
history and, and sure. religion. And, <laughs> and I kept trying and I kept trying. Feels like that's a dangerous and, thing uh, to be asking your yeah. pastors to do. You want to be pastors yeah. to do. And I, I couldn't do it. And so I had to get honest and, okay. and be like, you know what, this isn't, you know, it doesn't mean that, that it's bad. Like my mom is very active in the United Methodist Church. But, but, that's, but that was your walking away from the religion. Right. But what about the spirituality, right? Like um, where was the yeah, spirituality? Yeah, that whole thing was, was all in one to okay. me because okay. I, I felt like um, I felt like the religion that I was a part of, you know, was, you know, Christianity. And right. as uh-huh. I studied all of these religions, I could see where they came from and how each one co-opted right. from other ones to create an additional one. And so, yeah, so it. It's, so that led you to just be like this whole spiritual thing is bullshit. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, I'm speaking for you, but that's what it sounded like. <laughs> right. Um, yes. Okay. So then is it fair to say that that was part of, you know, <clears throat> there's, there's some time in there that you're leaving out, but you, you had, mm-hmm. you, you, you did the surgery and you, you, you became a, a new person in air quotes, let's say, right. right? And then you just started, why yeah. did you start drinking heavily? Like I put it on yeah. you as a way to, to, to approach people, but right. no, that... it, it, it was, it was, um, it was because people were paying attention to me and, you know, and I wanted to be a part of, you know, um, the party culture, you know, sure. I, I, I was never was a cool Was this still in kid. college or was this? No, this was, was, it, after, it was here. This was, yeah. After you graduated. After. Um, okay. and, uh, yeah. And so I'm hanging out at the Neuralux and I'm, Oh, and, I'm and you've also shucked all the, all of the religious all of the spirituality. Religious okay. And yeah. Yeah. And so, so you did know, you, def- I'm, I'm a cool kid now. And you considered yourself an atheist by then? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. For many You're years. A cool kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, was I a spent hipster. a lot of time drinking at the Neuralix too. Yeah, so, yeah, I was a hipster cool kid. I, you know, and uh, at least I thought I was. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I got to hanging out with people. I, I, I got in fights. I mean, you like know, fist fights. Yeah, like I beat the <laughs> hell out of girl one time. Wow. Um, because she was being rude to my friend on a party bus, and you know, you just don't do that. Um, so yeah, so I was I so became what a different where's person. The, where's the so crash? Quickly. Where's the crash? Um, the crash was um, as this kept progressing. I was just turning more and more into a person that I I didn't know. I was blacking out very regularly. Sure. You know, I was waking up or coming to, like at two in the morning with you know having peed my pants in downtown Boise. Right. You know, and people are coming out of bars laughing and staring at me. And oh, because you're and like on the sidewalk. Somewhere. Because I'm on the sidewalk, standing there <sighs> with my pants peed. You know, it's very obvious what happened. And, yeah. um, you know, so like <laughs> one time I rolled around in the sprinklers in front of angels to, you know, because right. it looked better that I might have passed out in the sprinklers rather than peed my pants. It, um, it, for the record, it does look better. That exactly. Way. Yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, <laughs> I, I tried to outsmart this thing. Um, but how long know. did that last? Because I've actually heard mm-hmm. you you reference that anecdote in the yeah. past. Like, but yeah. how long did that actually? That was um, probably probably three or four years. Yeah. And yeah. so, Okay. Yeah. And, and then, so, so, but um, what, what actually, you just said September 16th, 2006. What, yeah. what happened September 15th, 2006 to it make was you actually, go, oh, shit? Uh, it was actually probably the 14th um, uh-huh. that, uh, that I was going to kill myself. Yeah. It, it had gotten to the point that um, things kept happening that I couldn't control. Um, months earlier, I was in the ER because something happened that had I not been drinking, I would have, you know, been able to uh, do something different about. Um, and, uh, do you and want so, to go into more on that? Or is that... Well, um, you know, I, it comes into the story when I talk about some of the stuff in the room sometimes. But, yeah, I was assaulted. And, oh, um, and it okay. was somebody who had been stalking me. Okay. And they waited until I was drunk and blacked out. And, and then they were able to, to yeah, 
assault me. Okay. Um, so yeah, so that um, all of those things, you know, and you would think after that, <laughs> you know, that I would stop drinking, and I really did try. Particularly I, after that, I was like, but uh, it wouldn't, right? Like, yeah, I, mean, I understand yeah, what you're no, saying. But I, I really wanted to. I knew sure. that if I took that that drink, that I I I might die. Like literally, I could not control my own safety right. if I took a drink because at that point it was um, sometimes I'd black out after five drinks and sometimes oh, I'd black out after two. What the there fuck was is never that? Yeah, yeah. It was so, so annoying. And yeah. I was so pissed at my parents too, because my drinking career was not that long. And yet oh. here, here the thing is I'm like, <laughs> it usually takes people at least ten years to get to, to this get point. To this. Yeah. Oh, I was pissed. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, that's and so you, that's you what so it you just like. walked your way well and I, I guess I just read this on, yeah. on social media. You you posted a long thing. But yeah. you, you found your way in and you just stuck right like so that that was the first time you you tried a meeting and and tried to get sober on that the 16th of september yeah well i i looked at aa um the website um, probably nine months earlier um and uh to see if they progressed any (laughs) because i knew all the the god stuff and there was a they have a pamphlet that that says you know a newcomer asks so you have a problem with god and it says you know it it, aa is open to people of all beliefs and non-belief you know um has a place and so I'm like all right they progressed and then I walked into a room and they were gotting all over the place uh-huh. and so you know I consider now, that more of a, a, a checking things out you know I was one of the people that walked in checked things out gotting all over the place that was I'm out prior to September prior okay, yeah okay. yeah and so it was at the suicidal attempt um you know that uh, that got me um you know I at that time we had a place called Franklin House in Boise that was kind of like a, a halfway Thing. We didn't have Allenbaugh House yet. Okay. Um, and so it was a place for people to go when they were in, you know. Um, duress. Duress and yeah. um, not sure of their safety. And okay. so it was a really, you know, a, um, an easy place. Uh, not a lot of security. Basically, you were going there because you just wanted people to help and okay. you were ready for it. And okay. so, yeah, so I went there and was there for a day and then got out and uh, went to to the AA meeting and I picked Glass House because a friend's ex-boyfriend had been in AA for a while and he said it had the best snacks. And, um, yeah. and it's, I will attest, it still has yeah, some of the best snacks yeah. in town. And so that's how I did a lot <laughs> of my hilarious. early recovery. That is was... not what I thought you were about to say. <laughs> the yeah. best snacks. Okay, so, and you already said on that day you, yeah. you came in and you, you announced yourself as brand mm-hmm. new and, and said, I, I don't know if this is going to work for me, guys. Right. So, what is your take on Angela 13 years ago now making that statement? Because I, when you said that just now, and mm-hmm. when I hear people fresh, new come in and they're, they're basically fighters, mm-hmm. right? Because that's, to me, that's, that sounds like is you were just a fighter, mm-hmm. right? Like you're, you're a God fighter, clearly. <laughs> you're probably an AA fighter at that moment. Maybe not. I don't know. But it, it just sounds like anytime I hear anybody like that, I'm just like, relax. You're here to get sober. Mm-hmm. The rest of that shit will take care of itself. Don't worry about it. This is the way yeah. I always see it. But I don't want to say that about you in that mm-hmm. moment because it sounded like you were, even before you gave that background, it sounded like you weren't in that headspace. You were just being like, I need this. I really am not sure if it's going to work, you guys. So right. 
what yeah, what is much more of of how <clears throat> I was um, because with my experience with Alateen, I knew that people could get sober. Right. You know, so it wasn't a you know I don't know if AA works. It was I didn't know if it would work for me right. because. I, you know, I couldn't pretend that I believed in something that I, I didn't, you know. So was, let's go yeah. through this thing. Because you, you, it's not like you came to atheism after a time and they're like the, the, the person you just described uh, mm-hmm. with the podcast. I, I forget, John, yeah. whoever. Like, yeah. it sounds like he, I, I don't know. How do you, do you square that? Because it sounds like your story is not dissimilar from what you described for him, where you, mm-hmm. you figure out a way to just kind of walk the walk and say the right words at a group level at least mm-hmm. to get through it but, um, but how did no, you do I was, that i was kind of an asshole from the beginning as far as I, the group I, words well, because I'll, I'll let you describe yourself that way. <laughs> you feel like you were an asshole or were um, you just some people thought, obstinate i was obstinate some people thought that um i mean i think up until step three if, if people think you're working on step three that's like the literally come to jesus type of thing that they expect you to have a higher power it's at not step literally three. come to jesus it kind of is <laughs> but um, it's not yeah you know that it's not jesus it, it isn't is isn't People. Well, okay, but yeah. that's because those people are Jesus people. <laughs> so yes, of course, for them it's a come to Jesus. But yeah. it is it is the first. I mean, it is you know giving it yeah. over to a higher power. I, I'm not right. going to argue against that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. No, but like reading at the beginning, you know, when people would ask me to read, I, I'd change all mm-hmm. of the stuff from you know gender to deity neutral, gender sure. neutral. Do you still do neutral. that, or do you just? Um, I don't have to at my meeting. Well, at your meeting, okay. But, but you and and. And we'll, we'll we'll hopefully get to that, yeah. at, eventually too. But but I mean, you came to the the glass house last night. Mm-hmm. That's where we ran into each other. And uh, maybe we'll bleep that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I don't. This is why I'm asking how you feel about Angela mm-hmm. today. How Angela today feels about Angela 13 mm-hmm. years ago. Like, yeah, I didn't get the impression that you were as concerned about making sure the world understood that you weren't going to say those pronouns and the, and the, mm-hmm. use that exact expression like how, how last night compared yeah, last to night compared beginning? to 13 years ago yeah or today versus then that's all i'm really getting at right how do you feel about your your general approach to your recovery compared to then i guess that's more what i'm asking um i think <clears throat> that it, well you know Hopefully, I'm I'm healthier uh, after 13 years. I'm definitely older. Well, definitely the first day. Um, of course, yeah. you're gonna have kind of crappy recovery on day one. Right. But. Um, uh, I think I'm a little bit more nuanced. You know, sometimes I I do say things very you know blatant and, and straightforward. It depends on you know which meeting that I'm in sure. and the type of people that are there. And if I've heard somebody else um, say something that I think uh, is either could be harmful to somebody new there who's struggling, okay. you know, then I'll then especially I'll if it's that. if it if it scratches that itch that you right. recognize in that other person, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I feel that. Yeah. So for the saying. most part, you know, I I can you know I have a, a secular to AA translator in my head, so so I know what, what I can say and and what's helpful. The majority of the time, you know, I, well, actually, every time I'm in a traditional meeting, I bring up that I'm atheist in some way. And part of that is my sponsor, you know, has put it in me that I should, you know, just so that people know, because you don't know who's there 
who may think that they don't fit in because they oh, hear all of this God okay, stuff. Okay. And so they're like, you know what? Yeah, I'm struggling right now. And, and this person says, give it to God. What the hell is that supposed to mean? And this person says, you know, you got to you gotta hit your knees in the morning and every night, you know? So, and when I heard that, I was like, I got here so that I would hit my knees a little less, you know? Yeah. Um, well, lay some of that translator on us for there for us here. Well, like, like with well, that, well, like give it that. to God. What does that yeah, mean? With, what do you, what well, does the translator you know, do with more that? of the, you know, the, it's easier with the hit the morning and, and hit the knees uh, in the morning and the night. You know, what they're getting at is that in the morning they wake up and they try to, you know, make a conscious intention that they're going to be of service to people today, mm-hmm. you know, and, and at night they, they check to see how well they did with that. Right. You know, pretty easy, <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah. If you say it like that, then a newcomer is like, oh, I can probably do that. But then you say you hit your knees and it's like, what? You want me to get by my bed each night and hit my knees? You know, it just seems weird. It is ask, weird. I ask, 100% you know, agree yeah, that it's weird. A, I, a I, new I'm... person to, you know, do shit like that. Yes. So, yeah. So just saying, hey, I, I try to, you know, make a conscious intention to be a good person that day, you know, and then I check at night. Did I succeed sure. in doing that? So um, but what is the what is the give it to God? The how give do it you to... how do you square with that? What yeah. do you what well, do you there, do with that? I'm not square a, with yeah. it. But what do you do with that? There's a lot of different ways that that you can square with the, the giving it to God. Uh, you know, for me, I don't I, I don't have the pin cushion God thing, you know, that like, oh, you know, here it's like a, a problem. I'm going to pin this on God. You take care mm-hmm. of that and yeah, then I'll go I, do something else I feel you. Yeah. you know so yeah so I, I don't do things like that you know I don't have a higher power that grants parking spaces or anything <laughs> um and so I um with that um a couple of different directions is that that uh you know I also go to therapy and stuff too and so um <laughs> So I see when I'm circling on something, some sort of problem, and somebody says, give it to God. Uh, for me, it's that I, um, I write it down, I call a friend, or I let a different part of my brain handle it for a while, mm-hmm. and then I go on with the next indi- indicated thing, you know? Okay. And so, you, you know, you, you probably heard in the rooms people talk about having a committee, you know, in their head oh, that, sure. that runs things, you know. And, the shitty and committee. The shitty committee. <laughs> and uh, and I have a bureaucracy, and they have subcommittees, <laughs> and they have task forces, and getting me to change my mind on something, you have to put in a ton of paperwork, and it oh. has to be notarized. It's it's a lot going on, you oh, know? My God. And so, yeah, so if I assign an intern to deal with whatever that problem is, they have a lot of research to do. And so I can actually let go of whatever that is for a little bit for that intern to go do the shit they have to do. That's interesting. And then sometimes, yeah, things will come back. And I've been to enough meetings, you know, over these years um, that sometimes something said in a meeting that I don't even remember paying attention to will pop up. And I'll slightly remember being in a room, hearing somebody say something that had to do with what I'm dealing with right now. And then that's helpful. And if I still know that person, I can call them up and say hey you know this is what i'm going through what you know can you tell me about what you did when you went through something similar um so something along those lines that's okay (laughs) no no the 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 bureaucracy is humorous i i like that um but but that's really how my brain works (laughs) no i i get it uh uh but 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 what is what is your when when you speak of a higher power or, or when a higher power idea comes up like what does that mean to you how do you not necessarily at a group level not necessarily mm-hmm. when you're sharing with with your sponsor or mm-hmm. a sponsee just you like what what does that mean for you in your own version of hitting your knees whatever it is like i, I don't hit my knees but i do find myself contemplating and, and to me prayer meditation i don't 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what prayer is, honestly, but right. it's all just being quiet and kind of listening is the way I look at it. Okay. What, what does the higher power mean to you? Like, well, um, like, yeah, go ahead. Because I feel so, like I feel like the the term atheist starts mm-hmm. to get you get into squabbles over what exactly you're meaning by that, and I, and I don't want to get into that. I mean, right. I, I assume there's a sense of spirituality in your life, whether or not it squares with what you had earlier is a completely up in the air. Mm-hmm. But but what what do you think of when when we discuss a, a higher power? Even in, even in because you you did wind up starting an atheist meeting, right? Mm-hmm. Did you start it? Yeah, I was okay. one of the founders, and it's <clears throat> atheist agnostics and all others. So we okay. have we have yeah. you know yeah. our, our treasurer. It's is, basically you got rid of the word God. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's, that's sure. It. And I I actually. I admire that that mm-hmm. instead of like railing against it in every meeting and being like you guys you guys you just said mm-hmm. fuck it let's just make one for us or or whatever yeah. maybe there was already a, an organization you guys just yeah. tapped into whatever yeah. it is at some point you still talk about it. i've been to those uh-huh. meetings we still talk about a higher power in there mm-hmm. sort of right like i guess Somewhat. I, I guess it kind uh, of does of get kind of like yeah most of it's very, very weaved around practical um so I, I guess there's a couple of ways that you can take it so you know Not, i do i, I do want, work want the text. you i want to know what you take it i want to know how you take it okay honestly. i take it as that if i'm pinned down and somebody wants me to say what is your higher power sure is that's that what, what you're trying to ask me what is your higher power yes yeah. Aware that if you did the same thing to me, it would be a very squishy response. So please <laughs> right. don't feel like I'm trying to like make you come up with something. Yeah, no. Um, in this context, I would say that it's the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. Okay. And doing the, you know, in, as the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, that involves going to meetings, taking the steps, um, being of service. Okay. You know, all of those things combined, um, and and the fellowship. So you know, and and I'm not alone in that. There's a. a I like that. A um, a very god person, um, <laughs> Patty O, um, who used oh, you, to you yeah this last night. yeah That's right. she used to to do a lot of the circuit speaking. Um, her son was just uh, the speaker at uh, Wacky Paw um, last uh, last January here in Boise, and um, and yeah, and she said that that um, for step three that she's a god person, but that wasn't her higher power for step three, um, that it was the program of Alcoholics Anonymous and the, you know, and so, yeah, I'd say, I'd say that, you know, when people ask me and they really need to hear something, then that's it. But in general, no, I, I think my journey has been more of a, a, um, coming to terms and understanding self better a lot of um, people talk in AA of you need to get out of self, but I found I needed to get into self. You know, I, I needed you. to understand, you know, what this self is and um, and who I am, and I needed to be in touch with, you know, my body, um, you know, because since it's been such a big issue for me all my life, I usually wanted it to go away mm-hmm. for the most part or be as small as possible, you know, make yourself as small as possible um, because that's what society wants. Um, but, um, but yeah, so um, learning about self and um, when I'm upset and angry for the longest time, I didn't correlate that my stomach aches you know, that kind of tension was associated with my emotions. Mm-hmm. And so learning about self and, and what that means um, and getting in touch with that, that's really more of what I think, you know, a higher power is for me is, is the getting in touch with my open-hearted self. So I guess it, it you know, for most people, it'd sound a little bit more, um, more Eastern, you know, no, I, kind and of a thing. I had a suspicion because that what you're describing, <laughs> no, because what you're describing is not dissimilar from the way I look at it right. f- inside me. And, um, 
and I really do feel like a lot of these problems or, or the issue discussing this is, is language, right? It's mm-hmm. very difficult to explain something um, so intimately personal. Right. Like the anytime I start to try and articulate it, it feels like, but I'm not quite saying it right. I'm not quite getting what yeah. I'm trying to say out because I don't, I really do think it kind of defies uh, articulation at a core point because what mm-hmm. you're saying about getting in touch with self like my sense of spirituality <clears throat> which i just kind of meld in as the higher power uh is um me right like not but like you just but said not, like you're always supposed to be state. not from yeah. an ego state because so, yeah. it, there's only i the way i see it is like I, i'm the only person walking around in my experiences in this universe and my only connection to the universe is me mm-hmm. so it's you know my my conscious awareness of my being right. is the only conduit to spirituality or anything mm-hmm. and and so but yeah but not in an egotistical not in a like right. self-will but you know an awareness of like what I am deep inside is a human, right? And mm-hmm. and that's spiritual. I, and that that's right. such a, it's that's what I'm saying. Like trying to articulate it just sounds yeah silly. Yeah. I guess it's, it's difficult, and particularly for people who have been you know in the rooms for a long time, they get to used to a certain way of speaking, and so yeah. it's, it's well, sometimes I'm, difficult for them to understand. I mean, for the most part, particularly in the Treasure Valley, people are, are generally open-minded. You know, they, they yeah. don't, yeah, they don't care that much, but there are, are other places where, yeah. no, you really do have well, to and be you do, able to say, you know, certain things. And, well, and, and again, I, I always, I, I take all that as language, right? Like, mm-hmm. I just go, yeah, but language takes people out. <laughs> it does take people out, and that's I, that's why I try and say that with a soft heart, right? right? Like I don't, I don't. If it's interesting, you said that about sharing about your atheism at a group level, because I I feel when the subject matter comes up and it, and I'm called on, I'll share my perspective on it. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I sit and I hear 95 percent of the people speaking, and I'm just like, this guy, this fucking guy, what are you talking? Mm-hmm. The God, 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 right? Like mm-hmm. that's just how I feel inside. And I guess I take it for granted that if it's going to take someone out, it's going to take someone out, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're going to come back and forth kind of like you did, kind of mm-hmm. like so many of us do. Mm-hmm. And when they finally figure out some way to like square it inside them, then they'll step forward and start moving anyway, right? Like you're right. It's probably a, a more, uh, yeah. a better way to offer my heart would be to proactively always. But I feel, I don't know. I well, it, for me, it's also the twelfth step, you know. So, um, sure. so a lot of people say they use God because it's easier. And that, I was about to say that too. I yeah. do use God at a group level because it's easier. Yeah, but, but I will say that when I do it, uh, easier for people who may not. But not for new people or people that are struggling. But now let's go back to that first thing that I was asking about yeah. because my response to them is, "Don't worry about it." Right? Like I, I appreciate that that word is triggering. Mm-hmm. Set it aside. Like, I'm, I'm not going to expect you, I don't expect you to, to change your beliefs. I don't expect you to accept anything that makes you uncomfortable, but you're here for one reason and that's to get sober. Yeah. But and that's so, if you talk to them directly. Right. And you that's, know, but if but, they have an entire room of like 30 something people that are agreed. godding, and I, I totally, <laughs> are they going to totally, listen to that or to some guy in the corner who's like, no, no, it's okay. You know, but either, but that's, so. that's what I'm saying is that person's going to struggle with or without my input. 
And yeah, and, and I don't know. I think and, it would have been the, easier the, for me if, if, somebody, if somebody had, had said it. Had said in that meeting, if one person had said that, you know, my higher power, you know, which which you know, I choose not to define even that, but that I didn't hear that, you know. All it was was that I, I give this to God and, and God helped me through this. And and so, yeah, so it was much more of a, you know, a God meeting rather than a 12 <laughs> steps or higher power or I whatever. Yeah. And so, yeah, so that's why why I say it. And, and for me, you know, and I'm very much aware that it annoys a lot of people, I, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and but I stayed with the people that that it doesn't annoy, you know, and, and there's well, a and lot you started of that, you started it, uh, a whole thing mm-hmm. to. And maybe maybe that's the way I should square this is just mm-hmm. be like, hey, if this, if, hey, you know, at the end, yeah. hey, if anybody's got <laughs> any problems with what we said, there's a meeting that's for atheist agnostics and and all others. Is that what yeah. you called it? All comers. Yeah, yeah, there there are secular based meetings now. So, which yeah. is kind of a, a funny word. One of my friends who's been in the program and known me for a long time, I. I told her about some of the secular stuff that's going on internationally, and and she's like, I didn't, I didn't know you were secular. I thought you were atheist, and yeah, it, that cracked me up. <laughs> so, well, <laughs> but uh, but that's the way that other groups, you know, across the country and in Canada and stuff, have decided to use the term secular to try to meld together because there's a bunch of freethinker groups, there's a bunch of agnostic groups, okay. you know, and so instead of having you know all these different, different okay, names, yeah, okay, now I'm appreciating why as, she said that about, okay. Yeah, Okay. as secular okay. and um and then you know yeah that's helped us get together to um to make some changes that uh yeah that are seem to be making a difference and so how okay so back to the podcast that you've been mm-hmm. or i guess it's just a a, a a series of podcasts right like it's not yeah like an yeah he does podcasts on all, all different stuff but um so but how did you meet this guy was through um the the International Conference of Secular AA. The last one was held in Toronto last summer. Okay. So somebody had contacted us, um, our group, to come and be on a panel because um, we're actually one of the the older, uh, more established groups that gets along well with the community. And so yeah. <laughs> so when did when did you start that group? Um, or when did in that start, January start? of of twenty. 20- Oh, wait, I think it was. Okay, so you were a couple years sober, not yeah, uh, just, I was, just I was, over two years. Yeah, I think, okay. what was it? Yeah, I think that was it. Um, and uh, yeah, and it was me um, and uh, three other people, and I was the youngest in sobriety by, I think, 17 years at that time. So it was me and, and three right. old timers who were just kind of tired of, of sure. what they, you know, what they heard around here and wanted to have something that, uh, yeah, that that used the God talk a little bit less. Yeah. And uh, so we started that group. Um, we're at the Unitarian Fellowship. They do not like to be called a church, so you know, um, <laughs> do not call them a church. Okay. It's not me not calling them a church. It's honoring that, that they're a fellowship and not a church. Um, but, yeah, the, and um, and most of the, the secular groups across the country, um, that's how, you know, they found out um, that, that or we got the word around that the Unitarians are pretty cool for a place to go. So almost all of them are at Unitarian. At Unitarians, okay. Yeah, if they have some, some other sort of meeting spaces or, you know, community things, the larger cities, there's, you know, a lot more options. But for, you yeah. know, smaller, smaller cities, the Unitarians yeah. are, are pretty much, you know, our lifeline. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't have any idea what that, what they mean, but I, yeah, I did. The first time I did go to the, to the, I, I call it the atheist meeting because that's just a shorthand. It's, the, it's easier it's for me to say. Yeah. Um, I did. I was like, oh, it's at a church. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah. 
they also have drumming circles there, and they did a sermon on Battlestar Galactica. So they're awesome. they're a pretty wild group. <laughs> yeah, they do a lot of different things. So, so what do you do on a daily basis for your recovery, or, or on a regular basis, if not daily? Like yeah. what do you, what like what yeah. is your your self maintenance routine look like? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I do a lot of different things. You mm-hmm. know. Um. So. Um. Part of it is uh, is I continue to to work with uh, therapists. Um, so I, I do a, def- a couple of different kinds of things to explore that a bit more in, in different therapies. Explore um, your alcoholism in therapy or wh- yeah, what do you mean? Uh, yeah, just my myself, you know, okay. all of it. Well, sure. Yeah, okay. Okay. you know, because um, alcoholism is just one manifestation of, <laughs> you know, the, the chaotic stuff that is me. Well, you said uh-huh. to explore that. What did you, you just meant like life? Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, okay. Um, I guess. Um, but yeah, explore, explore life, explore understanding myself and why I respond to things in the way that I do and sure. ways that I can do that, you know, in more positive ways and, and stuff. So I listen to a lot of podcasts, um, <laughs> a lot of podcasts. Like um, I'm assuming self-help podcasts. Um, I, I actually listen mostly to um, podcasts for therapists talking about doing therapy um, with other people. No, why don't you just go... St- study to become a therapist it sounds like you're very yes. interested in it yeah no because then i have to be responsible for other people's <laughs> stuff you know <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah uh, yeah i have commitment issues okay <laughs> i haven't got that far dylan jeez um yeah um yeah i, I do that now, um, I, now if you were my sponsor i would still reference that you haven't said anything that specifically deals with your recovery what do you do on a regular basis those things that i actually do yeah uh, do with my recovery because when i when i'm working on those issues i so i put my recovery i put my alcoholism um in with depression (laughs) sure you know and anxiety and all of those are are part of me so you know there's there's um sure yeah, and so I, you know, I don't th- reference my alcoholism as something that's waiting in the back, yet, back, <sighs> yeah, you know, yeah, doing yeah. push-ups, all yeah. of that kind Again, of stuff. Again, I, I reference that as, as a language thing. Yeah. Like we, we use yeah. that term. People use that but term all the time. But people do and... think of it that way. I mean, even it... Eminem, he wrote a song about it. I mean, come <laughs> well, I'm gonna on. I'm going to go out on a and say Eminem's not the yeah. most intellectual yeah. fellow so, out there. So I, yeah. I always, again, I look at that as like, because a lot of the time the 12-step rooms are like, quote unquote cheap therapy right group therapy right. with a bunch of people who are not qualified to be therapists right. but you know right. the the idea of one alcoholic helping another it's better than nothing and right. so when I hear people talk like that I'm like yeah and if they could afford to go to therapy and had the time and the wherewithal they would come right. up with more nuanced ways of describing that right but they're just saying if I drink I'm gonna get fucking fucked up really quick out there right right well, but yeah. I don't I do the same thing the I don't part. like to yeah. refer to I don't I don't yeah I don't refer no, to I, my it's it, you know so I, I learn more about that and learn more ways to think about alcoholism and recovery in ways that uh, are helpful to me so sure you know, more nuanced like yeah, you said you know um so you know i know that it's still there so that like my anxiety or that critical voice that tells me you're doing this wrong you shouldn't have come on, it to, on this podcast with dylan you know blah <laughs> oh, blah, blah, blah you know all of that kind that's of not stuff. supposed to happen until you're driving home <laughs> <laughs> you know th- it's sitting there and i'm aware of it i'm like yeah you know okay there you are anxiety it'll be okay i'm gonna you know continue to do this you can share with me you know all the stuff you thought that went wrong I'll on the on the drive home but right now we're doing this so <laughs> you can just text so, it to me yeah, you can text yeah. it to me and I'll, I'll put it in the preamble <laughs> yeah so you know things that that help me be present um and uh 
yeah, um, working on understanding understanding myself and liking myself. Like you you mentioned that you still struggle with yeah. you know how you look and stuff. And yeah. and um, you know, and there are parts of me that that do that as well, but they're not as strong anymore. You know, the the stuff of what I have to give and offer and the kind of person that I want to be is you, a lot stronger. You than just said I, I was just remembering like because I've seen you since I've been coming around. Uh-huh. I remember seeing you. I, I think at the Red House is the main place I remember seeing you. I don't know yeah. if you went there that frequently or if you just had said something that stood out to me, but uh, I, I do, I would say like you have a much more healthy glow about you today than even about at that point. And yeah. I, I'm assuming that's because of the work you're doing, right? Like it's yeah. not just being sober. It's, it's working on all the other things that mm-hmm. I, I, I look at shit like that as like, this is good stuff I can get in my life because I'm sober, right? right. Like that's getting the get the yeah, gut no, out of the I, way I so I can do stuff. I had to get sober so that I could, you know, they say the peeling of the onion, all sure. that kind of stuff. Yeah. I had to get sober and walk through some things in order to get to the point where I could deal with this stuff because some of the things that, that you know, have come up. Um, are are things that that I probably wouldn't have handled very well in my early sobriety. Oh, you know? okay, sure. Or you know, and it, definitely that, not yeah. had you not been sober at all, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, no, there there would have been no way. I probably would have been off, you know, doing some other sort of thing to to escape that, you know, and and. Um, you know, and I don't think of myself as a bad person or even the idea of that. You know, I know that that's, you know, the way that my brain works to try to, to help me. You know, I think sure. of my alcoholism, you know, like I said, not <laughs> as hiding out back there. It's, it's, um, it's you know, one of the ways that, that my my brain said, hey, you know, you're stressed. This is what we're going to do, and, and this will help you. Um, and, uh, you know, same with depression um, in even being suicidal. You know, those are all things that, that my brain has, has done and has said, you know, the pain, you know, the pain can stop. You know, this is one of the ways it can. You know, fortunately, I, I didn't decide to go with that any of the times that it's come up. But it's a strong, strong thing in my family. Still. Yeah. Well, in your family, but in, yeah. in what about in... In, in... in me, you no. Know, um, you know, a few years, um, I was probably six years sober, maybe seven years sober, um, that another um, big depression wave hit. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it was regarding, you know, being in relationship. You know, it's really, really tough. For a lot of us, sure. you know, regardless of how great the other person is or how great we are at the time, you know, there's just a lot of stuff there. Um, and yeah, and, and I was depressed. Um, and um, yeah, and it, it was there and I knew it was there. And so, you know, I was able to get the help that I needed because of the work that I've done in other right. areas and, and things. Um, and I and I haven't I haven't had it since. Not that things are great or that I don't yeah. get down or anything like that. It's just that that I have more options now, you know, something I learned in recovery, working through the steps is that, you know, I have all of these different options. And so, you know, I don't ask for things to be taken away from me, you know, character defects, because one, there's nobody to take them. Um, And, uh, and two, you know, most of the things are stuff that I I can reuse, you know, so we're recycling, it's, it's it's conservation. I've been thinking about that a lot recently, too, where like, Again, I just I attribute all of this to language problems, right? Like, mm-hmm. because I I'm not my character defects aren't going to go anywhere, right? Like right. my recovery enables me to work and live my life mm-hmm. in conjunction with the character defects, so that they don't right. unsettle me, right? Like, right? But, yeah, it's, but it's the still idea gonna of come up. giving them away, like I I can yeah. give away yeah. like being an asshole in mm-hmm. a moment, right? Like right. I can get rid of that character flaw because right. it's a surface claw. 
character flaw, but yeah. it's driven because of insecurity. That's right. not going anywhere, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. Like Your that's going to just be there. Your fear is not going to go away. Right. Your fear is always going to be there, which it should be because it's what keeps <laughs> you from being eaten by a bear, you know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you didn't have that fear. Well, what keeps like, me from getting eaten by an, a bear, Angela, is I can run faster <laughs> than you. <laughs> right. That's true. Well, I generally don't go places where the bears are. That's the are, other one, yeah, you know? exactly. So, yeah, I'm Sorry. kind of the same way with sharks. You know, they have their habitat, I have mine, let's... You know, I, I like to keep a healthy distance, yeah. you know, which is recovery, yeah. making smarter choices, <laughs> not going in the ocean is, yeah. is my answer to that. Um, but, you know, like manipulation, that's that's yeah. one that would be considered a, a character defect. Um, but, you know, manipulating got me got things done, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and it's how I learned to survive dealing with adults that were chaotic. and sure. didn't know what was going on. And so sometimes, you know, I may still need to use that at some point. But recovery has given me lots of different other tools and right. options. And so it's like the hammer yeah. thing. I, you know, I don't have to yeah. use the same tool all the time. And, and it's an awareness of when you're using it in a bad way, you know, when it, right. in a way that's malicious, in a way that's right. hurtful to you or to others, right? Versus yeah, exactly. this is probably better that my 90-year-old grandma doesn't <laughs> need to know three quarters of what's going on around her. Like that, right. that there's like times right. and places. Yeah. And, and yeah. that's why like I do this podcast because you can go on about all these nuances mm-hmm. ad infinitum, right? Like right. there's no reason to stop. Um, yeah. I, I, I really... I wish I would come to your meeting more frequently. I, 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 I it's just Tuesday nights because I have. Uh, let's, let's do a little plug. Your, your meeting that you, the, the, the you say it because I'm gonna fuck it up. <laughs> the atheist agnostics and all others all meeting others. is okay. on Tuesday. The triple A. Yeah. What? What? A A N A O. Woo. <laughs> um, and uh, and there's another one um, that's actually called Beyond Belief that's on Friday at Pure Wellness at seven thirty. I don't know about that one. Yeah, what, what's it's, Pure it's Wellness? Just a, um, Oh my God, Dylan, are you fucking serious? You Maybe don't know I what do. Pure wellness is. I, do I? <laughs> what is it? It's like a, the major recovery, you know, center for for people in Boise that gives resources for all the different kinds of meetings. And it, oh, I didn't realize they have like smart called. recovery oh, okay. there, and they have, you know, yeah, um, Saturday Night Live. All their meetings okay, are being held okay. there. Okay, so I didn't like know a, that's what that was called. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Well, people just refer to Saturday Night Live, and they're like, oh, yeah, okay. Right, yeah, but pure wellness is what gets the money to do all of that ah, stuff because, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to anyway, delete that part of the, good deal. the podcast. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. But that happens on Fridays at 7.30, <laughs> so it's Tuesdays at 7, 7. Yeah, and Tuesdays at 7 is, is um, ours. Beyond Belief is Friday at 7.30 at uh, Pure Wellness, and... Um, <laughs> There's even a secular Al-Anon meeting that's on Wednesday nights. I think it's at Pure Wellness as well. Um, Is that right? But yeah, yeah. If you go to, um, I did see that Al-Anon. I didn't. I didn't pay attention that it was referenced as secular. But hmm, okay. yeah, yeah. So there, there's you know several different options out there. And then for those who hate AA, then you know there's a lot of different things, and Pure Wellness can help you with what meetings are there as well. There's like Smart Recovery, which is scientifically based. Um, I think the Refuge Recovery you can find on Meetup. And um, yeah, there's a, a lot of different stuff out there right now. So. And pl- plug the the series of podcasts you're doing presently. Um, they're um, just the uh, Secular 12 Steps, and it's on um, aabeyondbelief.com. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think we just... Uh, just published the second step and we're doing the third interesting Um, yeah i I need to keep up on that 
Yeah. I, I, yeah. I listen to a lot of podcasts, but none of them have to do with self-help or recovery. They all have to do with like murder. That's no, I don't says. like they're, they're murder podcasts murder either. Rock. No, I'm into no. like making fun of movies and, <laughs> <laughs> and talking about making fun of movies. Awesome. <laughs> that's, that's my primary. Okay. Um, I, <laughs> do you have anything else you want to you want to plug? You're the first person who's got like legitimate pluggables that I've I've sat down with. So now I feel <laughs> excited about it. Well, um, the Secular AA, you know, website, if you, you go to that, um, that talks about um, the conferences that are coming up. There's one in um, Phoenix um, that's going to have um, some pretty great speakers. Um, what and would it take to, to bring it here? Somebody who wanted to put it on. Again, what? commitment issues, Dylan. Um, right, right, right. <laughs> no. but, but that's honestly all it is, is just working yeah, with the... Yeah, you just have to, you know, get a team together and, and decide that you're going to do that and, and figure out, um, you know, a yeah. speaker and stuff. So for that one, it's uh, Jeffrey Munn, and he just put out a In book Phoenix. called... Um, yeah, called... Um, um, let's see, what is it? 12 Steps Without God or... or um, Something along those lines. It is comforting know. to know that that's out there. I know at some yeah. point in the last 10 years, especially early in, I was like, I want to, I really want to sit down and talk about how to do this without all the God stuff. Cause yeah. I, 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 I just squared all that. Like I said, with, as I just accepted it as a language problem yeah. and just kind of rolled with it. But yeah. part of it was like, I did do a little Google search and like, oh, there's already a lot of people talking about this. I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> I don't need to, I don't, I don't think I'm going to come up with anything that's more uh, uh, illuminating yeah. than what these people have, especially at like, like two years sober. Right. I'll just, yeah. I'll just, I'll just well, keep moving forward and see what happens. Because I'm like, the book I would have written at two years sober oh, is different than the one, you know, at eight years is different than the one I do now. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah so I, yeah, I guess that's I what know. this podcast is. I started this on my 10th birthday. Oh, nice. So, yeah. yeah. Sorry, you were, you were Yeah, gonna... well, that, that's what, you know, I like about the book that that I brought you is that um, he's been in recovery for a very long time and uh, and so the stuff that he put together as um, you know different daily affirmations and stuff is based both on his experience um, in the rooms personal experience and then he has really really great quotes in there as well so very well researched it has an index so if you're stuck on step two what does joe say about step two <laughs> and you can go through and all the all the that's terrific yeah it, i appreciate this huge for me so i'm gonna i'm gonna check it's it out it's my favorite book right now is for, it for secular guided oh because so, so you do yeah. this on a daily basis you I didn't do. reference this as your part of your daily you know so yeah I, I do do stuff like that and i'm you know i sponsor a lot of people um with that the podcast that i'm doing somebody contacted us from the united arab emirates Actually, and it wasn't Joy. Um, and, uh, <laughs> I was just gonna say yeah. somebody in here quotes. Yeah, you know, and they, you know, didn't didn't know who I was. I mean, I'm not sure how that happened, but <laughs> no. Um, and but yeah, needed some help. wanted wanted to talk about this, and you know, didn't feel like there was anybody there that that would understand. And and so I'm working with them. They also don't can't do Skype or any of the other kind of stuff. I guess it's outlawed. Who, who knew in that kind of a country? Oh, really? I guess yeah. I just assumed it was just bandwidth issues. Right. You no, know, no, it's, it's you know, not hmm. a not a thing. So, um, unless, anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, so yeah. So, working with people like that um, and trying to get some stuff set up for the international um, AA conference in Detroit and getting secular speakers and uh, nice. stuff going there. So, so. You're, you are, like, 
two yeah. feet in like you're, you're oh yeah yeah you yeah in. i'm all about this because i i <laughs> see people leave or not come to aa because of the language stuff i do too and uh you know and it, it makes me sad because most of them are people who either don't have quality insurance or don't mm-hmm. have any other options and so and that's where i was at i did not have any other options there weren't any other programs at the time because mm-hmm. uh, i looked <laughs> you know <laughs> um, i'm like rational recovery where are you oh you're clear the fuck in san diego not gonna happen um yeah so yeah that's and that so- is interesting because i i that's basically why i started this was well this is an an attempt to reach out to people who might otherwise be turned off or have already been turned off yeah and i don't i don't know how successful that is it's just my little drop in the in the water i guess right. which yeah I don't know. that's what we do so yeah. cool yeah. do you have anything else i don't think so god damn thank you angela this is terrific <laughs> i'm so happy I, I i actually want you to just be my partner on this and then the two of us are just tag team other people <laughs> moving so, forward sounds good so what is your higher power <laughs> no, no that doesn't work you got let's talk about this buddy <laughs> I want to see that inventory. I've already taken yours, but let me see what you found. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks, Angela. Yep. Thanks, Mm -hmm. Dylan. Bye. Bye. This has been the Fun and Sobriety Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. Uh, Angela is a real treat, and I wasn't blowing smoke. I would enjoy sitting down to talk with her uh, most every week. In fact, maybe I'll just turn this into the Angela and Dylan podcast. Um, if you're interested in more of the secular or, or uh, atheist or agnostic approaches to 12-step recovery, I will make every effort to put links in the show notes for today's episode and put them up on social media and on the um, eavesdrop podcast network website but um yeah and and as always if you have any comments or you want to just reach out you can find me on facebook or you can just find me on the contact us link on the eavesdrop podcast network.com and uh you know i uh, i really appreciate you listening and, and and my heart goes out to every one of you out there who's struggling in in sobriety and with your own recovery uh, you know life is long and it's difficult, but it's also short and sweet. And uh, we only get one time through. So, you know, heart goes out to you. And I, I love every one of you. And thanks again for listening. I'll wake up when I'm sober, which will probably be Drop.